Welcome to the Synapse Nips podcast, where we explore the power of health and healing. On this podcast, we will be talking with health experts, professionals, and leaders about hot topics in the world of health. Whether it's tools to help you flourish, successful stories to inspire, or tips to optimize your health, Synapse Nips is here to help you take the first steps towards living your best life. Hey everyone, welcome to Synapse Snips. Dr. Troy with Dr. Josh Marquis. And uh, today we're going to talk about core to floor. Uh, it's something that's very important for a lot of different reasons. And so we're just going to explore the, the, the core and the floor. Mm-hmm. So that sounded like a Dr. Seuss thing that I said. Right? <laughs> <laughs> so let's just start with uh, a little bit of uh, when we say core, what do we mean? And when we say pelvic floor or floor, what do we mean? So uh, let's talk a little, why don't you start with uh, uh, core first? Yeah, so core is, I mean, it's kind of obvious when you think about it. It's the core of your body, right? It's the abdominal wall, it's the abs, it's everything kind of between your hips and your rib cage. And it, it kind of includes pelvic floor a little bit, yeah, right? It as, as it includes diaphragm. You kind of have this, this almost like an egg, it's like a shell of muscle all around your organs, your diaphragm on the top all the abdominal muscles, back, low back muscles on the outsides, and then the pelvic floor behind. The The point of this whole system, if you didn't have it, you wouldn't be able to stand up. You wouldn't be able to use your arms and legs effectively. It really stabilizes every type of movement that you want to do. And so it has a profound effect if it's not working on every other place of the body as far as stability. Yeah, and core, like you said, includes the back muscles. And uh with any muscle uh, and any joint in the body, we have to have a balance between that muscle and other muscles and a balance between the joints. So if a muscle is pulling on the back, you want an equal amount of pull on the front. And there's so many things that can actually shut down our core, shut down our pelvic floor that are in our general lifestyle and routine that uh, that work against us. And so we want to just talk a little bit about how to to improve that. But before we get to that part, uh, let's ta- touch a little bit on just some of the core and the pelvic floor as far as uh, how they affect the brain and some of the other areas in the body. Because uh, in doing this, I'm just going to say it this way, in doing this for over 25 years, I have seen a drastic decline in people's core strength. When I first started, uh, people had pretty good core strength in general, and I would adjust the back and they would get better they get better faster because their their front core, their abs were actually working better. And nowadays, if we adjust the back the same way, a certain percentage of people, a lot more, you have to do a lot more to actually get that back to actually feel better. So we're talking with people about you know back pain or, or problems that way, but uh, in, neck and head and uh, hips and legs are drastically impacted by the strength of your core, which we're including the abs and the and the back. Why do you think uh, more people are showing up with weaker core? I think we're more inflamed. Yeah. So the, one of the things that shuts down the core is our intestines and our intestinal inflammation. When you have intestinal inflammation, that there's a reciprocal inhibition or a referral of visceral somatic reflex or a referral that occurs that will inhibit or shut down through the nervous system and the spine uh, some of the... Uh, more important muscles. In the back, we've got this quadratus lumborum and our small little tiny muscles that 
they get shut down. And then in the front, you've got your uh, core muscles as far as the abdomen, uh, the upper and lower abdomen, the internal and external oblique muscles. But when you lose those oblique muscles, then the back muscles that were being shut down actually re-engage and start to spasm. And that's why people come in with, with back tension, back spasm. And we have, with that, probably increased our sit time is the other thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So back in the day, people didn't quite sit as much. I mean, we didn't have computers. We didn't have phones like we have now. So uh, it, it was different. And many people may not remember this, but I had a phone on the wall with like a 20-foot extension cord. <laughs> and so I would walk while I was on that phone. <laughs> it all tangled up. All tangled up, yep. <laughs> that was a thing. Yeah. You mentioned the the brain impacts, and one thing that I always see, and we test for this too, is is diaphragm integrity. If the core doesn't work and your diaphragm is not functioning, you don't get enough oxygen to your brain either. Yep. I mean, that's a I think an overlooked piece of this, and so even back pain could be a sign that you're not getting enough oxygen in your into your body. Absolutely, yeah. The diaphragm has to literally contract and go down to clear space for the lungs to fill up. Mm-hmm. So in order for that to happen, you've got to have good pelvic floor and diaphragm strength and people are shocked because we check uh, pelvic floor and diaphragm in every visit we have for 25 years and people are usually surprised when we tell them you're not breathing right and that's part of it and and you know we've been doing this a while but uh, even if you're new to healthcare, if you don't have oxygen there's going to be problems (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's not a new concept no (laughs) synapse 101 yeah yeah now the um you know, one of the other things I think adjacent to that that we should mention is we always check organs also, right? You mentioned yes, yep. abdominal inflammation. We've talked about intestinal inflammation quite a bit. But the two-way street, you can often get the core to re-engage even by manipulating the, the organs, essentially. The gallbladder, the stomach for a hiatal hernia, the ileocecal valve down between the large and small intestine. This two-way street, if you can get the the intestines functioning more appropriately, you're going to help your core. And, and the opposite really is true, too. Yeah, it's definitely a two-way street. And that this is the one part I really want to focus on because people, what we're seeing now is because people have lost their core strength so much. When you exercise those core muscles, whether it be the back or the abdominal muscles, it increases the blood flow to the organs. When we check the organs and we pull down the stomach, open up a bile duct, it increases blood flow to those areas and it relaxes and strengthens the core. So it's a two-way street. So when you do core exercises, you're actually helping the organs function better. So if you want to improve your ability to digest, if you want to improve your ability to detoxify through the bowels and the and the liver, get your core strong. It can help with a good, healthy diet and lifestyle. That combination, focusing on the core is one of the best things you can do. And our foundational programs here, we've always gone right to diet and digestion. And physically, let's get the pelvis and your core uh, firing uh, properly. When you combine that with really getting good deep sleep and reducing stress in life, that right there is a recipe for a really good uh, healthy body. Yeah. Just just the basics. Yeah. So let's go to pelvic floor. That's, I think, overlooked. I think the people that know about pelvic floor the most are women who have had kids that have some issues with pelvic floor strength. But everybody has the potential to have issues with pelvic floor. And you mentioned balancing pelvis. Yeah. We look at hip flexor muscle tone a lot, and we do a test to assess pelvic floor. But anything that compromises the pelvis, the movement and biomechanics of the pelvis, 
that's going to shut down the pelvic floor, which then destabilizes everything else we've just talked about. Yeah, it's like that old uh, song, the hip bones connected to the... Yeah, I'm not going to sing it, but... Yeah. Dr. Seuss first. The doc, oh, yeah, yes, Dr. Yeah. Seuss and then hip bone. I'm, I'm regressing in my end of that. Yeah. By the end of the podcast series, in a year or two, we'll be down to nursery rhymes, and that's about it. I know a lot of those. Okay, good, yeah. yeah. You've got the young ones. Yeah, then the pelvic floor, uh, if we, if I have someone who has headaches, I, I assess pelvic floor mm-hmm. because if you don't fix the foundation as far as what they're sitting on and walking on, then the muscle tone and the head stuff comes back. Mm-hmm. And so it's one of the things where you, it becomes very important. And I'll, I'll also say this, as we age or have gone through experiences, whether it be uh, women having uh, babies or even uh, sports injuries that affect the hip, all those things can actually affect the pelvic floor. But here's the sneaky one. For guys in particular, when you gain weight in your core, uh, in your uh, gut, and, and you're carrying extra fat and you're carrying extra lymph, the weight of that is held up by your pelvic floor. The fluid, every time you sit down, the fluid literally finds a way and pools around the pelvic floor. And then what happens is you end up having urgency. You have to go to the bathroom a little bit more frequently and you have to have, um, you have to try and get rid of it, but it might not necessarily be there. That's men and women. So there can be urgency and then all of a sudden there's a little bit of a, a problem starting and initiating the urine flow. A lot of times guys will think of a, a swollen prostate or hypertrophied prostate, but it can ha- happen just from lymphatic excess and congestion. And I've had a lot of patients, my male patients, Say once we get their, their core and their digest system working, they've lost some of the lymphatic toxic weight and some of the fat, um, that they're able to have better bowel movements and, and better, uh, flow when it comes to the, uh, uh, urinating as well. So it becomes very, very important. And that muscle, the, the bigger and thicker you can get your pelvic floor muscle, the more blood flow to that area. And so that means healthier bladder function, healthier, healthier sexual function, healthier, uh, elimination function. So there is a lot of benefit to getting the, the pelvic floor stable, but not just stable, but strong. Yeah. You mentioned something that I, that I come across a lot. It's one of my favorite things to, to have happen because the patients never expect it. So we're doing our muscle testing assessment of a visit. Every once in a while, you'll get somebody that even if you adjust the neck and everything, that area is still dysfunctional. Yeah. We think, oh, what else is going on in the neck? But more often than not, it's the, it's the tailbone. Like yeah. I find like the coccyx or some other pelvic floor related thing where for some reason, well, we can, we know the reason why that dysfunction then sets up biomechanically an issue all the way up into the head. Yes. And it's all, I like it just because patients are like, how did you know that it was going to be, you know, the tailbone yeah. or something yeah. like yeah. that? It just happens. You know, that's, that's a very common dysfunctional pattern is the, the occiput, the top of the head being dysfunctional because of poor core and pelvis and glutes. So I got a question for you. Yeah. Do you ever just make stuff up? Do I like just go grab their pinky toe and say, this is, well, the, this is the problem? Yeah, I try not to. Although one of my other favorite, yeah, one of my other favorite things, though, just as an aside, I like if the person's got a tight neck, I'll adjust their ears. Yeah, and then people always think I'm joking with that, and I'm oh, not. Yeah. You know, you can, that's a you, real thing. If you yeah. stretch and pop your ears, you you release tension in the middle ear and the eustachian tube, and you get some uh, pressure release through those muscles. But that's another one of my yes. jokes. Yeah. I do like when uh, um, patients are. Uh, speaking to their spouse and talking about like vertigo and then they, they pushed on my lower right abdominal yeah, quadrant yeah, exactly. my vertigo went away 
<laughs> they don't say it like that, but uh, they're yeah, trying sounds, to explain that it. Crazy. Yeah, it sounds <laughs> crazy that, uh, that. pushing over here and the problem over here goes away. But that that is how the body works. Sometimes it's a kinetic change. Sometimes it's a reflex from a um, nerve scenario, and sometimes it's just opening up a pressure valve of some sort that uh, reduces the um, the pressure and the burden of the lymph system. So the body is quite amazing. Well, let's talk about, we have a couple of new tools here for rehab of this area. I think before we get too much into it, we should mention these tools are meant to build muscle, and we'll go into that more. You can't have as much of a benefit with these tools if you don't figure out some of those underlying issues that we just talked about. Yeah. If there's dysfunction in the pelvic floor because of imbalance in the pelvis, or if there's intestinal inflammation or vagus nerve dysfunction, things like that, this... These tools can help, but those other areas need to be addressed too. Yeah, we uh, one of the reasons why we got the new equipment, and there's we're going to talk about two of them today: the M Sculpt and the M uh, Sella. Yep. And so we have other um, technologies that we have uh, in house and are uh, working with right now, and developing uh, best practices as far as how we use them in functional medicine, but. To my point earlier, we, we were seeing a trend of chronic illness patients who have lost the ability to maintain a pelvic floor or a core and are unable to actually exercise to get it back. Mm-hmm. So one of the things we did is we um, brought in the M-Sculpt, which is basically helps to contract and build muscle for the, the abdominal muscles. And uh, a pelvic floor uh, stimulator, which is a chair you sit on fully clothed, that actually reestablishes the pelvic floor strength, increases the muscle uh, thickness by 23%, which is actually very significant. Mm -hmm. And so we originally got that for a lot of our really compromised patients. So uh, my mindset was one of my Lyme Lyme patients who have been uh, suffering for five years, bedridden some of them for five years. Well, their muscles have atrophied. They don't have a lot going on there. So it, it can be challenging to have them get up and um, start exercising their core and their pelvis without injuring themselves. Mm -hmm. And we're seeing more and more of that where people start to re-engage in an exercise routine and they, they get their setbacks, too many setbacks. So the MCLA, which is the chair, when I saw that, you know, sitting on that chair for 30 minutes was equivalent to um, 11,000 Kegels. I knew that was good. <laughs> we can't get patients to do 11,000 no. eagles. <laughs> and then just the, the change in the ultrasounds before and after as far as the thickness in the, in the pelvic floor muscles. And then to see what happens with that. And uh, one of the things, one of the benefits, the top benefit that women notice right away is incontinence as far as uh, if there's any leakage. And a lot of women uh, who have had a pelvic floor injury um, they have to wear diapers or extra pads just because of the challenge that it comes with. And, and if you're one of those women, you'll, you'll know when you hear this, um, uh, some of our patients have said they've already passed the sneeze test, uh, without crossing their legs, uh, which is a good sign, um, just after one session. And so it's very important to, to look at all of the different things that the, this new technology brings, but for me, just getting that uh, that speeding up of the recovery of the muscles for the pelvis, and then for the M sculpt, um, it's the equivalent to eight weeks of high intensity uh, interval training. So, 
you're, you're getting value just from getting the, the actual muscles built up right away. And you, not that, uh, we want people to be lazy, but when you're laying there for 30 minutes and you've just built the, the core, um, and then you get all the other benefits. And so we've brought this into play for our chronically ill patients, for our patients who are healthy, but, uh, also want to kind of take that next level of health. Uh, for busy lifestyles, uh, it works beautifully uh, for yeah. what we're doing, and it and we've taken note of some very special uh, benefits that uh, haven't necessarily been uh, promoted, but we've we've been seeing already. Yeah, we haven't had it very long, but we've uh, had a chance to trial it with quite a few people, both devices, and for the most part, we've seen more. I think more improvements in different areas that we didn't expect yeah. mm-hmm. as, as well as the obvious stuff. Like you said, the incontinence uh, was as a big piece. Um, but for the, the M sculpt and the M sculpt, we should say too, we can, you can use it on the, fl- on the core and that's where we use it the most, but you can use it on arms and legs as well for, for muscle building. Yeah. Fat arms, burning, legs, you know. yep. Glutes. Yeah. Cause it's one of the only technologies that non-invasively will, will stimulate and contract the muscles. And it's not that you're even just getting the benefit during the session. The research is super interesting yeah. because after just four sessions, even if those four sessions are a week, week apart, right, for one month, yeah. they followed people for six months afterwards, and they were still making gains six months after. So yeah. we're seeing a benefit, what we think is mitochondrial health and yes. blood flow yeah. to these muscles long term that's allowing people to continue to build core musculature after these trainings or the pelvic floor, even if they're not sitting on the device every day. Yeah. So we, we've already seen, uh, even the short time, uh, at the after, uh, effects. And we, we know there's increased blood flow, uh, because we've seen change, positive change in bowels. Um, we saw people who are constipated all of a sudden be able to have bowel movements. And we saw people who had loose stools all of a sudden be able to have normal bowel movements. So that's increased blood flow, increased nutrients. So that's a, that's a good thing. That's a good sign. We've seen improved bladder control. So one of the things I'm going to highlight, because I've had two patients um, that are going through one of our programs, and one of the things I highlight as a priority in treatment, that's early on, so I can't comment on any, any successes yet, but sleep was one of the things that we identified was a problem. And we did find a sleep disorder that we treat here. We've talked about on our podcast, the upper airway um, resistance scenario. And that that we're, we're correcting. But this person would get up four to five times a night to go to the bathroom. And so after treatment and after working with uh, M-Cella and M-Sculpt, um, they were able to sleep through the night for the first time without getting up. That's a win. For us, if we can keep them sleeping through the night and getting into deep sleep, that's part of the healing process for everything else. It's early on. It happened once. So we'll see if we can duplicate that. That's always the, that's always the, the key in our world is, you know, one, one night is good, but we're looking for making a little more permanent change, especially when it comes to sleep. So improving the sleep and decreasing the frequencies that you have to get up at nighttime to go to the bathroom or just wake up is very, very important. So one other thing I'd like to comment on with that is, uh, the M sculpt I've, uh, uh, had to tone down with some of my more compromised patients because it's inducing a detox reaction. So, uh, which is great because we want that, but think about that for a second. By exercising your core muscles, you're improving flow to the liver and the bowels, 
but you're also helping them eliminate some of the toxins that are in the body. When you combine that with a healthy diet lifestyle, and like I said, our other programs, we're seeing good results with that part of it. So you're building muscle and, and the strength is there and they feel that pretty quickly. Um, but the detox part of it is what's going to change their life. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I think we're the only place probably in the country who's using it for that purpose. We are right now. Yeah. They've, they've asked us to uh, observe and write up the paper. So we are, we are the, the functional medicine clinic that's doing it. And the, the technology comes out of Prague and it is FDA approved in the United States for med spas. Basically mm-hmm. it's the you know, tummy tuck and, a non-surgical tummy tuck and butt lift and stuff like that. And while that's great, and I'm sure some people will come in just for that part of it, uh, we, we also um, were, well, we were interested because of the, the physiological implications it had. And the company that started this was a physical therapy company. It was uh, PT devices. So I think that was their initial intent, yeah. what we're doing now or how we're using yeah, it. And it works great for that. And it works great for that. So. <laughs> So we're, that's what we're using it for, and we'll be um, the ones submitting those papers and uh, observing carefully as far as what it can do in that way. So I do think it's going to open up the world to just um, a lot of different ways to speed up and improve pretty complicated scenarios that come with our current lifestyle and levels of toxicity and all the challenges that people are having with their life. And there's certain there's certain people that... I'm going to say this is going to uh, really help. And those are the people who are, you know, working their nine to five, busy diet, busy lifestyles. They do take care of themselves. They eat pretty well most of the time. They do go to the gym most of the time, uh, maybe a little stressed out, but uh, they're, and they're feeling a little burnt out, a little sluggish. And there's going to be a large group of people like that where when they get something like this done and combine it with what they're already doing, they're going to see some pretty good benefits uh, as well, because it does. I want to get into this a little bit more too. It does impact the brain in a positive way. Mm -hmm. And then, then the desired outcome of the good functioning brain and how it communicates to the rest of the body. That's where you start to see some of the benefits afterwards. Mm -hmm. We have so many people right now that their metabolism is shot. They can't lose weight. They have low energy. And it's because their brain and their muscles are not firing on all cylinders. They're basically not communicating properly. Yeah. This is our way for some of those patients to try to break that cycle. Because it would be difficult to break that cycle for people. Yeah. It's, if you can't exercise and you, you're compromised in a lot of ways, where do you start? And this is a way for us to get in and try to just get an initial improvement that kickstarts the rest of the system. Yeah. So for people who already have a strong core, strong floor, um, let's talk a little bit more about some of the benefits uh, that they they can give us. Because yep. I want to also encourage people who are going to the gym and yep. who yep. currently do a good job with their core and their floor. Um, I want you to know how much it's impacting your overall health and well-being. And the, the back in particular fires greatly to the cerebellum. But so do, so do the ab muscles. And like we said before, um, intestinal inflammatory problems, so uh, problems with our food or uh, conditions like SIBO, which we've talked about in previous podcasts, those things can shut down our uh, core muscles and then eventually lead to some cerebellar mm-hmm. problems. 
So let's just spend two minutes talking about what the cerebellum does and some of the things that it's involved with. Yeah. You don't hear about cerebellum much because it doesn't do anything that would be considered conscious, right? So Correct. if you decide to do something, if you're making a decision, uh, that the cerebellum is involved, but it's not the thing initiating that. The cerebellum is a behind-the-scenes actor that's you know, coordinating muscle movements, coordinating blood flow, coordinating a lot of your rest and digest and autonomic function. It even has um, impacts in uh, mental health and cognitive um, uh, issues too. That's one of the things that I think about is the the increase in we've had uh, podcasts about this Alzheimer's and dementia. Yeah, there's a lot of factors there, but one of them is the lack of movement that we get yep. because proprioception from these muscles—that's the muscle feedback to the brain—keeps the brain active. It's the don't if you don't use it, you lose it situation. So using these muscles or these devices is giving you a high amount of proprioception into that cerebellum to yep. kickstart a lot a lot of this unconscious brain function. Yeah, you'll and again it's the sitting and the lack of movement yep. and the lack of physical activity. And uh one of the one of the people that we uh were working with had some pretty significant cerebellar issues, uh dizziness and one of the things that surprised me was uh, getting the the ability to get up the stairs uh, easier and better after uh, some treatments, but after some core work. Mm. And so vertigo and dizziness and lightheadedness can all be impacted in a positive way by improving your core and uh, uh, pelvic floor strength. But it's not just coordination of muscles and strength of muscles in the, in the legs that can improve. It's coordination of thought as well. So a lot of our ability to problem solve, because uh, the brain starts getting more blood flow. Uh, the brain stem starts getting more blood flow, which helps our organs absorb nutrients better. So it really is a good starting point to uh, get the body communicating very, very well. If we can improve our ability to sleep, and our ability to detoxify and eliminate um, and absorb nutrients instead of the toxins, then that that's just um, going to make some overall changes in a positive way that uh, that help people just you know feel stronger, feel younger. Yeah. It's been it's been great that way. Yeah. It also controls eye movement. So we yeah, yeah we've had uh, one interesting um, bit of feedback where uh, the cerebellum. When it gets stimulated and does well, um, people, uh, their prescription may change. So I had that uh, reported once already. So <laughs> I didn't know that. Yeah. That's, that's cool. Yeah. yeah. So and that's just core work. And usually that happens uh, over time. That can change. Like mm -hmm. some people going to the gym and stuff and you're in your 40s, 50s, and you are uh, start to lose some of the eye stuff. Uh, well, this happened like within two days. So uh -huh. it, it was a significant change. So yeah. things like that are always exciting because if it's reproducible and it makes sense because we know that the, the uh, cerebellum coordinates the, the movement of the eyes, but then also can improve blood flow to the area. So yeah. a lot of exciting things happening, uh, when it comes to core and floor. Um, not that I want to get into this uh, too much, but uh, exercise in general and physical activity, including intimacy with spouses, also are things that when your core and your floor are better, uh, improve. So we had one of our doctors here um, 
This is in the gym. These guys look. Oh, okay. you guys are looking at me. I'm not going to talk about intimacy with their spouse, but um, <laughs> one, of our, one of our doctors does CrossFit and uh, was able to double her personal best on uh, her lifts as far as what was the exercise she was doing the the pull ups. I think she was doing pull ups. Yeah. So she's able to double that. The uh, CrossFit pull-up. The CrossFit. That's the word name. Yeah, CrossFit pull-up. <laughs> I, I don't know. I'm not part of that cult. <laughs> <laughs> we make fun of her for that. That's it. <laughs> yeah. But her strength is good. Yeah, so great, don't, yeah. Yeah, but she's stronger uh, than all of us. She's though. stronger than all of us, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, one of the things that, uh, that uh, uh, in general, I'm going to talk a little bit about how to strengthen your, your core if you're at home and, and what to do, because it's something you can actually strengthen anywhere and everywhere. So I tell my patients, uh, this might look a little silly if you're in the line at the grocery store, but anytime you're balancing on one foot, you, that's working your core. So just lift one leg up off the ground and balance on one foot, you're exercising your core. And then change feet so that you can get a little more equality there. Anything where you're putting your arms up over your head and then kind of lunging forward or balancing also gets your core quite a bit. So these are things you can do at home. So if you can't get here or uh, for our M-Sculpt, M-Sella, or core to floor program, or if you can't get to the gym to work with a trainer to start working on uh, your core and floor, start at home uh, with just balance exercises. And make sure, though, if you're unsteady that you have someone there or you have uh, chairs in the kitchen or something like that that you can actually grab onto. But uh, if you're pretty uh, competent um, and just want to exercise your, your core, bring up one of those legs and bring your arms up over your head. Uh, do a lunge forward with your arms up at shoulder height or uh, above your head. And those types of movements really help to strengthen your core as well. And uh, if you can keep your core strong, everything else kind of feeds off of it. So your, your neck, your head... Uh, your arm strength, your your leg strength, uh, even speed of um, being able to run can can improve. A lot of things can improve. So, don't hesitate to to start working on your core to floor at home. Kegels, like I said, work. Um, if you can do eleven thousand kegels in thirty seconds, let us know because that would. Uh... <laughs> no, it's not thirty seconds. It's thirty minutes. Thirty minutes. Still yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, let us know. Um, but we're so far we've been pretty happy, and uh, uh, we've been looking at different things um, to help with uh, uh, the exercise part of our programs for quite a while. Mm-hmm. And with a lot of our compromised patients, this has just been a blessing. So, uh, any other final comments? Yeah, one final thought. I've had this question a few times on these devices. Do you have to keep using it indefinitely? Oh, yeah. And a lot of it is um, the recommendation is to do four to six treatments and then wait several months even mm-hmm. to see yep. what those results are. And that depends on the location and the person, uh, location of the body and the person. Uh, so there are uh, other circumstances where you could do more. But typically, like we had said before, six months you'll continue to receive benefits. So it's not it's not one of these things where you got to do it every week to maintain benefit. This is something that um, might need to be revisited you know, yeah. yearly or something like that. But uh, the benefits are profound and, and prolonged. Yeah, and I was uh, told by uh, someone who had been using it um, a little longer than us, I reached out to many, many different doctors and spoke with them. And um, 
the general rule is the older the person is, the more they need to get the same results. Someone in their 20s, you can take to the bank the research that was that's out there, and then they wouldn't need as much for follow-up. So then some people, it's permanent. They are able to keep it and maintain it, and they don't even need to come back. Some people uh, needed to come back um, annually, once a year, or semi-annually, twice a year. And there were some people who just felt better doing it monthly, and they tended to be the older um, group that didn't necessarily like to go to the gym. I'm going to say it that way. (laughs) So uh, just have to pay attention to your body, but be aware that there is a delayed effect, uh, as Dr. Josh was talking about, which which is great. Um, it, it, there's a, a huge benefit for a long time afterwards. So thanks for listening. Uh, work on your core to floor and, uh, we'll be back with more Synapse Snips. Thank you for listening to the Synapse Snips podcast. If you like what you heard, subscribe to the podcast and share the podcast. To learn more, check out our website at www.officialsynapse.com. Until next time, this has been Synapse Snips Podcast. We'll see you on the next episode. This podcast is for information purposes only and should under no circumstances be considered medical advice or a substitute for medical care. Any information given in this podcast is not intended to diagnose or treat any disease and is at the user's own risk. Please first consult a licensed healthcare professional.